Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. <laughs> Listeners, I believe, and I, I, uh, a bit of background on this, I wrote a column a few weeks ago after the wonderful achievements of, uh, what's that young girl's name? Sky Brown. Fantastic. Yeah. Captured the world's hearts, right? Mm. 13 years old, Japanese Brit, with youngest British bronze med- medalist, Olympic medalist yeah. ever. And I asked the question, why can't Singapore do the same and, and really champion these street sports? Yeah. The column went viral, and I thought, let's get some experts on to talk about that. Let's do that now. Joining us is Ali Halil, skateboarding coach, and Haas Amianian, a youth urban sports promoter and advisor. Welcome to Weekend Mornings, Saturday morning with Glenn and Neil. Hey, good morning, guys. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Waiting for a picture to come on here. Uh, Okay, (laughs) we'll get your picture up, but we can hear you. That's the most important thing. There you are. We can see you now. Thanks for joining us, guys. Now, let's put it into a bit of a context first. Uh, Maybe I'll start with Huss on this, right? So we had three teenagers, teenagers, win gold, silver, bronze in the women's skateboarding at the Olympics. All three of them essentially did their training in uh, Japan, I believe, Tokyo. So you've got three Olympians, medalists, self-taught in an Asian city. Why can't Singapore do the same? It's a, it's, it's a great question. And I think it's even more telling that all three had started their journey here in Singapore Is on that their right? international careers. Hmm. Yep. They had come through Singapore in 2017 and 2018 for a contest that we had at the East Coast Park. I think, you know, I think Singapore has a lot of the complementary benefits of having a good athletic career, and particularly in these new urban sports, you know, urban landscape that we're living here in Singapore. So I think it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. We can do it. And we've got some, you know, fantastic skate parks that, you know, up until recently were some of the best in Asia. But as you say, Japan's caught up. Well, Ali, I'll bring you in now. Uh, Ali Halio, skateboarding coach. First, tell me a little bit. Did you ever come across those uh, Olympians? You said you was involved with this competition in 2017. Have you met them? Yes, uh, we met them at East Coast when uh, there was the Vans Park series. So, yeah, we met them when they were way younger. (laughs) Right. And what sort of... Could you tell then that these guys were going to be... You know, I'm trying to get a picture for young people listening in. You know, what sort of skills did they have that the Singaporeans need? What What is it that made them stand out? So, like, they were flying even higher than what our adults were doing, you know? Like, they were going way, way beyond what we've seen in local talent. So, I think just the facility itself that they were, were training before helped a lot for them to come to East Coast to pull out those kind of tricks. Right. So what, yeah, what so, is it, Ali, that they have, or, or I'm assuming they have in, in Tokyo, Japan, where they were training, that Singapore does or doesn't have or needs more of? So I think a covered facility is raining most of the times here, you see. So like all our athletes never had a chance to get like a full potential uh, course throughout to get their, you know, full form up. And, you know, like that's, that's always been a problem. And like also stuff that are a bit smaller, like East Coast, if you see, it's like competition level. That's where like, you know, the Vance Park series was held. Uh, if we have something smaller scale to bring up, you know, like if you want to learn some stuff, you need to have it at a lower base first, then, you know, produce it at a bigger level, a bigger ramp. Like let's say if it's a two foot, three foot ramp, you want to try something first there and then bring it up to a six, seven, eight foot ramp. Nice. So yep. that's what we are looking 
uh, lacking. We're talking with uh, Ali Halil, skateboarding coach, and Haas Aminian, the youth urban sports promoter and advisor. And Haas, maybe we just take it over to you. You know, Many of us have been to that East Coast uh, skate park. It's near the Badok Jetty, for those of you uh, familiar with East Coast Park. It is a brilliant brilliant spot. Of course, it's been closed due to COVID uh, more recently, uh, but it is first class, as Ali has mentioned. Haas, when you look at the the mindset of what we have going on here in Singapore, I guess we've, Neil and I have had this discussion many times over the years about uh, professional sports becoming a career in Singapore and how it just does not happen at a big level because of pressures for kids in school, etc. Do you think Singapore is ready to make this move into a sport like like skateboarding as a career for its young people rather than going on to be a doctor, lawyer, etc. Uh, yeah, great question, Glenn. I think just first point of correction, though, um, the East Coast um, skate park is closed not because of COVID, but because it, the lights are getting changed. Oh, but it's taking, okay. But it's taking six months. Thank you. Which yep. is, which too is just too long. I thought it was closed because of COVID. I'd ride by there and it was closed, I just assumed. But thank you for correcting Hang on, Hassan. Let me just jump yeah. in. Six months to change some lights? I mean, Singapore builds condos in that time. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the story here with the lights? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we don't know. And, 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 you know, people like Ali who are on the ground having to use limited facilities, this, this is the challenge we have. And sure. even before, you know, we heard this week another skate park in my selling, you know, in, in, uh, um, was, was being closed down. So, you know, we don't have a lot. Um, but I'll first pick up on what Ali said. You know, mm. we need, you know, what Singapore has as an advantage is instead of having one big mega skate park in the city and nothing else, we need lots of skate parks around the island. And we have those already. So you're right. Neil, you know, we, we could do it. We're already on the way there. We've got lots of skate parks around the island. They all need to be improved. Some of them have been built badly. Some of them are too old. One of them particularly is, a, is an international um, you know, you know, point of humor for everybody because it's it was literally <laughs> built, built out of, you know, it's in Bangkok. You should go and check it out. Um, hmm. But as, if we're going to build talent for international professional sports from Singapore, I think you know, we have to identify sports that lend themselves both to our skills, our environment, our resources, and our facilities. And the urban sports that are making headway within the Olympic movement, such as skateboarding, such as BMX, are perfect for us. You know, they work in concrete jungles, and, and that's, that, you know, that, that, there's nothing yeah. more than that. Um, we have the pieces. We have great nutritionists. We have great physical strength, um, you know, uh, instructors. We have infrastructure. We have funds. But we just need to have put some, you know, apply some resources, and we need to engage the community more. We need to understand what their needs are. And as Ali says, you know, if you don't have covered facilities, um, you don't have that flexibility of mm. training around the clock within different schedules because people have schools and people have work and so on. So, you know, that's one of those things. But having said that, there is a new skate park coming up in um, Jurong, Jurong. Um, yeah, next year, yeah. and we're all looking forward to it. It's not. A, it's it's a, it's a it's a municipal skate park. It's not hmm. a training skate park, but it has. It's very big. It's very beautifully designed. That and and you know, it's a step in the right direction. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. And Ali, just to follow up from that, you know, one of the things I wrote about is the, the cliche. You know, it takes a village to build an Olympian. Well, arguably with skateboarding, it just takes a bit of concrete <laughs> and a skateboard <laughs> and somebody who's determined yeah. and somebody who's determined. <laughs> because I'm not making disparaging comments about our traditional sports but sailing costs a lot of money swimming costs a lot of money to send out money, 20 yeah. footballers costs a lot of money to send out a teenage skateboarder doesn't cost that much money and as you guys both mentioned in an urban jungle we have pretty much most much of the infrastructure in place already 
but Ali, maybe you could tell people listening who may think, ah, but there's no pathway. But as I understand it, there actually is, right? There's a pathway that there you could take a beginner all the way to the national team and then all the way into an international tournament. How, how does that pathway look? Okay, uh, so I think, um, uh, let's say about this, right? We actually went, the Skateboarding Federation sent me and uh, two kids uh, to uh, from... When was this? I think on 18, 2018 uh, to, or 19 to uh, China for the National Youth Olympic Camp. And we had, the guy who uh, we had was one male and female and the guy got bronze. Wow. For Yeah, got bronze. So it is possible. And like with that, uh, we had a good facility there in China that we were training for two weeks and then at the final end, we had the competition. So uh, it says a lot, like just within that two weeks, we could do so much stuff with good facility, covered, sheltered, like, you know, like something that is going from ground up, you know, from small scale to a bigger scale. So kids were, uh, both of the uh, kids were like really improving a lot from that. So seeing that was already amazing. So we have like, uh, we were really into uh, the, the, the group, the core group that built, uh, that was going to design uh, Jurong. So uh, that was nice of them to have us in the um, group, you see. Yeah. So what we wanted, yeah, what ramps we would like, uh, what rails we would like, how high you want it, uh, what other transition that you would want that it doesn't have around the island. Uh, you know, all these small uh, factors that uh, were asked. And yeah, we were so happy to be involved in that and they gave us what we wanted. So... Uh, I hope the final build and all is going to be good. This is about Jurong. So if we have that, it's going to be sheltered a bit, only at the street course, uh, but I think it's good enough, you know, rather than uh, open park. So, you know, all this Olympics uh, watching is, uh, we watched the finals, my, myself and my two kids, teenage kids. It got me really excited, and I actually went out and bought a longboard uh, a couple of weeks ago. How's it going? <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I haven't broken anything yet, so that's good, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't walk anymore, but it looks nice. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so if you see me out there, please p- pick me up. After I fall down on the ground. Uh, My question, though, to both of you, do you feel, have you sensed any excitement or any uh, renewed interest or or starting interest from people about this? Not just from maybe the kids, but from parents or older people now that the Olympics are history and we have seen younger people really succeed in this. Do you sense that there's any kind of a groundswell for this for some people in Singapore now at a competitive level? Uh, um, I mean, let's go with, uh, with you first. Or, or, sorry, sorry, Ali, Ali, excuse me. Oh, sorry, go. <laughs> uh, sorry, okay. So, uh, yeah, that, the youngest I have now is a three-year-old kid who's already killing it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> three-year-old kid. And I've had, like, uh, I've had few 50-year-old dads, like, killing it. Literally, Ali, I want to go. I want to drop in. I want to do this. <laughs> I want to do that. So, like, more concerned moms I have rather than their dads. <laughs> So, and handful of uh, parents are skating together now. Like, I have, like, a full family, mom, dad, kids, everyone skates. Are they Singaporeans <laughs> or are they foreigners? Singaporeans, yeah. We have a lot of Singaporeans, wow. yeah. Also, of course, a handful of, uh, yeah, foreigners as sure. well, right? Expats, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Haas, what are you seeing or what are you hearing when you're talking about promoting some sports and doing that thing? 
sorry. I mean, it, it's it, it's been a tough year for the skateboard business because mm. the supply chains of goods coming out of China have affected the whole world, and people have had to be ch change the way they get their equipment. And we had shortages all around the world, and here in Singapore too. Mm. But they've kept coming. People have been putting orders in. The shops are selling out. So that's a great sign that there is growth and people are picking up the sport. We have the skate parks. We need more. Um, yep. We need to be more open-minded about these skate parks. One of the things about Drong that I'm trying to lobby them is to make sure it's open 24-7. Mm. You know, that then allows for the beginners to be there during the day with their parents, yep. but the more advanced kids who want to come after 10 o'clock, then skate into the evening and not worry about injuring kids who, you know, who are still finding their way around. So those sort of things need to be, you know, incorporated. So it, it, it's an ongoing process. Um, but I think the key message is that, you know, we have had a legacy. I mean, Singapore, you know, five, ten years ago had one of the top five pros in Asia. But nobody within the infrastructure and the institutions knew about it, not even the media. Mm. You know, it was something that was known within the skate community, both here and in the U.S. People in the U.S. used to tell me, you know, house for the house. <laughs> you know, um, and, and so, he, you know, he was a professional. He had contracts. Then came along his brothers, they became pros, they got contracts, they traveled internationally. Um, but we didn't have a consistent approach to carrying that talent through. The program that Ali talked about in 2018, we sent a great skater in 2016 to London off the back of a similar program. It was an Olympic program for adopting you know, talent at a young age. You know, poor Shadik, you know, he had a couple of injuries, he dropped off skateboarding, nobody was there to catch it and carry him through that stage. So now getting him back into, the, into a board and to do what he needs to do, maybe that opportunity is missed. So those are the kind of things that we need to be more consistent about. So very briefly, you know, we've had the Olympics. Skateboarding is definitely on the global map now. If we've got a young Sky Brown listening or the parents of a young Sky Brown listening in Singapore, what would your advice be to them? Can they go all the way? What do they need to do, Ali? Yeah, they can. So we need, firstly, the parent support. With like the parents skating with them or, you know, motivating them is just boosting all the, you know, confidence in them to gain gain more. Like I have like few uh, kids who are really a big fan of Sky Brown. Like most of their parents are also now skateboarding just because the kids are loving it, you know. So competitively, I would say that's the next step. But to just start from having fun would be the best thing to do. And Hus, would you, what would you add to that? Um, I think Ali has nailed it. I think having parents, you know, as part of that ecosystem is, is a very important part. Um, but I would say that, you know, we need to keep engaging the community. You know, there's too much of mistakes made. I mean, this skate park closing in my ceiling, it's one of the few up north, um, you know, and, and it's a shame. And all of a sudden, that means that the kids who used to skate there are now skating in the streets. Obviously, that has a risk issue. So we just have to be, you know, more inclusive about how we make those decisions that affect people. Fantastic. And if I can just say you're never too old to start skateboarding, if <laughs> I can right. just bring yeah. that in there. We did, you know, we had some people in the 30s, 40s, and even 50s at the Olympics, uh, maybe not winning, but they were certainly out there enjoying, uh, enjoying yeah. the moments. That's the 57th time he's shown the photo today. <laughs> <laughs> but, Neil, I just want to say one thing about what you just pointed out and, 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 and what Glenn's saying. Um, you know, the Olympics in Tokyo was monumental. The Paris Olympics is in three years. Correct. The Asian Games is next year. Yep. You know, the, both of these will have skateboarding. And the 2028 20, Los Angeles Olympics, skateboarding will be front and center. Yep. 
So it's not like we haven't been given enough notice. Absolutely right. Maybe after this, if you guys can post in all the links, people want to sign up and join, put it in our Facebook live chat. I, 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 I don't know what you think, Hus, but I think it's a no-brainer. It requires limited resources. We're an urban city. We can create Olympians here, Hus. Final word. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've, we've had the opportunity to witness that talent on the ground here already. And we might be witnessing it right now this weekend in the skate parks. So go out there, check it out and buy a board, borrow a board. Skateboarders are very friendly people. They'll even show you how to ride a board. So go ahead, go out there and do it. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Ali, Halil, and Hass Aminian uh, for being with us today. Skateboarding is on the rise in Singapore. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.